All right, welcome back, guys. We're here for week 11 of the fantasy football season. Thanks for joining us today. Anything revolving the number 11 sucks. <laughs> I don't get where you're going with this. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a kind of our two-week or two-episode two topics tied into, into one. one episode. Yeah, we today. had a pretty crazy week, and it's by been, we, I mean me. Yeah, so. it's, it's been a wild... Uh, it's been a wild week, so we're going to kind of wrap everything into one episode today. We'll talk mostly breaking down games and injuries, um, some injuries, and then might, might throw out some waiver names and, and shit like that. And then we will uh, we'll hit you to wrap it up with our Shine Pine Borderline picks. Yeah. So. Our two episodes will basically just be comprised into one. So all that and much, much more on this episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gase deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. All right, you fucking hooligans. What's up, players? How's it going? Happy Sorry. to have you. Sorry to keep everybody waiting on an episode for a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, schedules and stuff. Man, the ki- the kid won tickets to the Titans game last second, so I went Thursday night to Green Bay, and then I'm going to the Cowboys-Vikings game on Sunday. Yeah, so. It's like a hell of a four-day stretch for yeah, you, man. Yeah, Jesus, dude. <laughs> I'm all over the place. The only thing the only thing that could have made that just shitty is if the Packers just... Mollywopped if us? They, if yeah. they just absolutely touched... The, the Titans, that would be horrible. Can and you imagine? Todd Downing actually had his best game as an offensive coordinator and I followed up with his worst decision as a person. Why? So, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, for Maybe that's all it takes. He just takes a couple shots of Hennessy, loosens up, and I allows guess. them to actually play fucking football. <laughs> for your offense's sake. The he best... got creative. Weird how that works when you got the juices flowing. <laughs> the best possible scenario for them is that the NFL investigates and says this guy needs to go. Yeah, that he's been drinking on team planes. Uh, they asked Rabel about it, and he said he refused to comment on that and will not comment on any previous situations either, which basically tells me they've been drinking <laughs> on the fucking plane for a while, <laughs> which is not a good yeah, thing. They've, it's they, not a good look for anyone 100%. involved. So. And I bet you that's a rule that a lot of NFL. Well, there's been other players. Heineke was slamming bush lights, and then somebody else did it, and it wasn't a problem then. Obviously, they didn't get behind the wheel. But I also talked to those guys about it apparently, Mm -hmm. and they they handled things behind closed doors. I also saw that Tennessee has a deal with Lyft, so that every single player on their team gets free Lyft rides for the entirety of their life that they're on the team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He he. Oh, and by the way, he makes fucking six figures, so right. he can afford an Uber home. He can afford a fucking Uber or a free Lyft. It's yeah. wild to me. Yeah, I I think uh, no Vrabel's reaction gives you every indication of what you need to know. It's mm-hmm. oh yeah, we've been doing this. Yeah, <laughs> this is a thing. I don't love it. Every team, I guarantee you, every team does this. Uh, the Titans just happen to put themselves in a tough spot. Downing put the Titans in a tough spot. There. He made a poor decision. That's for sure. Yeah. Glad nobody got hurt. That's the biggest thing. But. Yeah. So, um, at any rate, uh, yeah, he might he he was almost on the injury report. So that's a good that's a good thing. <laughs> shitty shitty for him. Uh, maybe in the long run, good for the Titans because yeah. maybe this will be enough for them to tell him to. 
get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, or maybe it'll clear his head and he'll actually finally start making rational decisions. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? But with I guess with that being said, we don't really need to cover yeah, much we, more. We can hop right into the games. For time's sake, I suppose, yeah, because we've got, uh, you know how we are. With, All right. We always say, oh, this one shouldn't take uh-huh. too long, and then it takes forever. Yep. Sunday, November 20th, the slate of games starts with the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. How are we feeling? I know. <laughs> That's how we're kicking off the week. Justin Field season, baby. Bears, Falcons. Do you think, is he sustained another 40-point week? He could have another good week this week. His uptick has gone, <clears throat> gradu- I mean, I can't really say gradually when you put up back-to-back 40-point weeks now, but he's been pretty consistently... Or he's been consistently getting better essentially every week he's played. And it's it totally coincides with the usage that they've given him in the running game yeah, in the last like, five to six They absolutely need weeks. to run their offense like that. It needs to be more of a Lamar Jackson run system where they get him in space and specifically design plays where they just let Justin be Justin. Yeah, the last six weeks, 17 points is the lowest point total he's had. Yeah. The only issue I have with Fields, and not so much this week because I think he's got plenty of room He'll have plenty of room to produce this week Versus against Atlanta. a pretty bad yeah. Atlanta defense. Um, so it's not it's not like I expect this now. But then next week they got the Jets, they got the Packers, they got a bye, then they got Philly and Buffalo. He's got a tougher schedule down the stretch. He's only passed for 200 yards in a game one time this year, and that was against the Vikings. He threw for 208. That is their best passing game output of the season, 208 That's yards. Brutal. Um, so... If defenses focus on shutting him down and forcing him to beat you with his arm, I don't know that he can do that yet in his career. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be able to get you something on the ground. He just but if, needs weapons. If he's not running for sixty or eighty yards a game right now, he's not. He's barely startable. And I don't know that that's going to sustain. But I think that. The meter's pointing towards yes when it comes to this game. Yeah, this game I think you're definitely safe to start him. I think he's locked in as like a top six or eight option for me this week. But the game plan for the Bears can never be to have him run for 178 and then 147 in back-to-back weeks. No. That'll never, ever, ever sustain itself. Not so, even Lamar does that. You know, if he, if he, even the last couple weeks, if he drops down from 147 to... 180, somewhere in there. You know, his average of 60 yards or 50 yards in that game, that's... Middle of the road, quarterback one, most likely. That's a QB1 fringe. Touchdown dependent. Very touchdown dependent. So, you know, yes, it's been an incredible stretch for him, but I'm not willing to say that I think he's going to be a top five guy going forward. Sure. He could be. I I, I think defenses eventually are going to say, all right, well, we're going to load up the box and we're going to force you to beat us with your arm. And I, I just don't think he's ready for that. Yeah. So, um, other than it, uh, anyone else in Chicago, Cole Komet, I love if going he forward. plays. If he plays, yes. But Justin um, Fields has made it very apparent that when it's the red zone, it's his guy. Situation, it's his guy. He looks at Komet almost every. Even if he's not throwing, he always glances over to see if Komet's even somewhat open. He trusts him and. Komet's made a lot of nice plays over these last couple weeks. So. Yeah, he's had a couple really big uh, I was completely out on him, but I'm starting to come around on the fact that it feels... We've seen this before where you're like, there's no way this player's going to continue to play this out of his mind. But it is fantasy, and every once in a while you do catch lightning in a bottle where this shit sustains for no reason and no one saw it coming. Look at uh, Devontae Freeman from a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Things like that example. where you just get clipped from nowhere and it continues to just go and go and go um so if that is 
what Justin Fields is this year, you're looking at a potential league winner. If he continues to run at that rate, I just it's really hard for me to bank on that with right how many question marks there are in the offense in general. And two, is he going to hold up if he continues to play like that? That's what worries me too. Um, he's opening himself up to a lot more punishment mm-hmm. than, and he's not the biggest guy. In he's the world. not a very big guy either. Like height wise, he's a pretty big dude, but it's not like he's you know a real put together. Sure. Um, Komet, this is kind of what I was hoping I would see from him right at the start yeah. of the year. Yeah. I was high on Komet to start yeah, you the were. season. I was really, really high on him. I was ready to draft him and run with him for as my starting tight end in most leagues. Um, I do like David Montgomery in this game. Atlanta's got a pretty soft run defense. Their run defense isn't good. And Herbert's out on IR now. so That is a good point. So I was I said earlier that I wouldn't touch anyone else from Chicago. I would say Montgomery's a solid running back too this yeah, week. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think Montgomery's actually very much in the starting mm-hmm. conversation because of the matchup and Khalil Herbert's not there right now. And if they're so. accommodating for Justin with a spy, that takes away someone from the box, most yeah. likely that yeah, is going I, to be focused solely on stopping the running back running the ball. So. Uh, yeah, Fields' success running the ball the last couple of weeks is going to force defenses. If they get him into run-pass option scenarios, yes. I think Montgomery will have a pretty nice game. That's exactly what I expect them to do. I think that they'll use that to their advantage to mm-hmm. try to get other guys... Uh, out in space. Yeah, I'm out on all the wide receivers, though. Yeah, I'm not touching. I mean, Mooney's come around the last couple yeah. weeks. I'm okay with him, but I'm not. I'm not certainly not. Him. I'm certainly not comfortable saying like, oh yeah, he's my wide receiver too. I'm right out now. on Mooney for the entire year. I'll just um, I won't touch that with a ten foot pole, like you said. I'll I'll I would keep him on my bench. I'm not comfortable starting him right now. Um, I'd rather have Allen Robinson on my bench. Yeah, I would too. I think the upside's higher there. Mm-hmm. You know, even even without the injury to Cup. Yeah. I would still have Allen Robinson. Well, yeah, we've seen what a wide receiver can do in that offense, even as the number two guy. They just won't throw to him. They just don't throw to him. Yeah, right. Um, on the Atlanta side, I Cordero. Yeah. I, I, I love the matchup. The Bears' run defense has not been super good. Now I'm losing Hicks hurts. Yep, losing Hicks um, and Roquan's, Roquan Smith in the middle also hurts as well. Like, I mean, that essentially waved the white flag for this defense. Yeah. You know. You can only do so much when you take away two of your most vital pieces, and you can't replace 18 sacks from one guy from a year before. Regardless. Even if you had a slow start to this year, you're still getting that player, and that's not just replicable. Yeah, and, you know, like we mentioned, Chicago's run defense isn't great, and you know that Atlanta wants to run the ball. Yeah. Or in the words of Arthur Smith, run the piss out of that ball. Yeah, baby. So, Cordero. Run the damn ball. He's, yeah, he's another week healthier. I think that last week's game script was kind of um, sort of a one-off. I don't think it's going to be a three-headed sort of backfield. Uh, Tyler Algier was not super efficient last week. No. Caleb Huntley was the best looker, looking running back of the three. And there's no way that they would prefer him to be the guy that dominates the touches. No. I think I think Cordero will have a nice game this week. Um, I think they're just trying to get him up to a game speed without that's, having such a high workload that he's risking re-injury. That's what I think. He's 31. You know, he's not a young dude. There's he doesn't no have reason a, to rush him back. Right, and he doesn't have a ton of wear as far as, like, you know, running. as Because he's played running back for a year and a half or two years now. Like, yeah. So it's not like he's taken a bunch of hits over the course of his career, but he's still 31 years old coming off of a knee scope. So, and you're a team that's playing for nothing. Essentially. Four and six, they got a shot. Technically, yes, I suppose. But again, then if you are, if, if you look at it, Carolina's three and seven. 
if they're of the mindset that they could make a run for a wild Saints card spot, Saints are three and seven. What's Atlanta's best chance to to get to the playoffs? Well, it's going to be around the ball, and, who's, and the who's, Bucks are on bye, right? Yeah, they are on bye. So who's who's the best playmaker in that offense in the running game? Probably Patterson. It has to be. So I think he'd he, be dumb to say otherwise. Yeah, he or, should be getting more touches going forward, and this is a great matchup. So I really do like him. Anybody else? Pitts. Drake London. About. Drake London. I Drake London. I would lead more towards than Pitts. I think Pitts Drake is London fucking to killing me, me, dude. Is droppable. I have dropped him okay. because you got three weeks at the beginning of the season where he had, I think, double digit points, and has, except for last week when he finally scored another touchdown, he has not hit double digit points in PPR since week three. You are correct. He. What are you hanging on to at this point? It's a low-volume passing offense. It's a guy who has proven now over the course of the last 10 weeks. It's just more of a streaky situation it, than and it's, production. Give me somebody that – if you're going to take a boomer bus bust player, I want their boom to be like 30, yeah. not 12. Not, yeah, right. You know what 15. I mean? Like that's What are you hanging on to him for at this point? The offense has shown you enough to know that they're not going to throw it all that much. You might miss out on a 15-point game from him if he gets into the end zone. And it's the same with Pitts. Um, it's the same exact scenario for, for Pitts as, as it is with London. So, I mean, they're both droppable. I guess if you got to play one, you play Pitts mm-hmm. because, for me, just because the tight end landscape is just so barren. But um, Completely unrelated, I just got a notification from Bleacher Report that Jacksonville Stadium was found to have 129 violations cited for concession violations, including inspectors finding two dead rodents. Oh, <laughs> my God. Shad Khan at his best. That's just him trying to get the team out of Jacksonville. He's like, fuck, let's pull up. <laughs> That's fucking par oh for my the course. God. So now what happens? The course. I don't know. You'd probably lose your food can, license. Imagine how much money they'd lose. Can you even host games? Yeah, probably just without food. 129 violations? Is that strictly with Yeah, like but the, that could be something as little as your deep fryer not being yeah. to a certain percentage. So, I mean, there are probably a lot of things that aren't that big of a deal. fixable. But... Yeah, I mean, but there's for some fuck's bad. Sake, I'm sure dude. there's some bad shit going on. Yeah, that's, especially with the temperature down there. Right, things could get dicey. If anything gets left out in an area, it shouldn't be in. Yeah. It's warm down there all the time. Like, oh I man, mean, are we are we really surprised? No, no, no. Uh, Jacksonville will move <laughs> at some point. I think they're going to move that team. It Mexico just makes City sense. ain't that far. It's not that far. You know, the only thing that would. Puerto Rico, that'd be sick. That would be pretty sweet. If no one's ever even mentioned a relocation team in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a U.S. fucking it's, territory. Yeah, it's in the U.S., so you won't even need, like, a... Like, you don't need passports or anything. Dude, hurricane, baby. Do you think they fucking make them give passports on team planes? I bet you they do. You probably have to, but I do bet you, you think like, they I, really do? I bet they have to go through customs and all that. I bet you they do. I bet you it's like a very expedited process. Yeah, I'm sure the NFL's like, dude, can we just pay you to not deal with that? Yeah. They, <laughs> but they we might. won't get grass fields. But logistically. That's out of the question. Right, right. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> but logistically, it makes a lot of sense, Puerto Rico, because it still feels international. It is international. You ever notice how quick NFL owners are to change their stadiums to real grass when they have soccer players come over and play a game in the U.S.? So why why is it that they'll change their feel on the drop of a dime for teams that are completely unrelated to their sport and or <laughs> country 
But when it comes to the guys making them billions of dollars, literal billions, they will not budge. I don't know. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's like what? So, it, 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 what is the argument for not having? Yeah, grass? what for? What reason? It's maintenance. Maintenance really? and you got it's, cost. It's a bitch to sure. keep alive mm-hmm. if you're, especially in a cold weather area. Mm-hmm. All the more reason to have a controlled climate and oh, put a dome. Weird how that. On weird how that works. All the more reason. Well, I mean, you guys are guilty of it too. You have a dome and you still have turf. Yeah. I mean, you're one of the seven teams that plays their home games on turf. On um, the type of turf they're describing. Hmm. Yeah. Which is weird too because I haven't. Which is stupid because if my, Justin tears an ACL. Yeah. Well, to my the knowledge, the entire fan base is turning on the field. Well, and I haven't, I haven't obviously. I'm not looking up these numbers. Knock on wood. I'm not by any yeah, means yeah. wishing he tears an ACL. I'm just saying, if something like that were to happen to one of your key players, your entire fan base is going to turn well, the same pissed. way everyone is already on this. But show. I haven't personally noticed like a significant number of leg or knee or ankle injuries. I mean, it's not like it's, you know. It's not like it's guaranteed that it's going to happen. Yeah. There's just no give in the ground. Also, it's like walking. It's like walking on concrete. Essentially, yeah, when you I'm, try to make a cut, your the ground's not giving you any leeway. And I'm also not like purposely looking to yeah, see if sure. if you know, I notice a lot more injuries either. But it's um, it seems to happen. Yeah. If well, and <clears throat> Buffalo is a, a very crazy example. But if you need another reason that teams would want to put a roof on their yeah, stadium, just Google Buffalo right now. It's Pretty yeah. <laughs> um, the thing I think is interesting with that game, getting off topic, uh, or farther off topic. So they they moved the game to Detroit. They still have to get the guys from Buffalo to Detroit. Yeah, but you could bus them out to a different airport, to a different city, and, and then, then fly, fly them out. Yeah, because I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Twitter and shit is like filled today with like Bills players getting their neighbors to shovel them out so they can even get their vehicles out of their fucking driveways to get to, to get to a to team yeah. area. Isn't that insane? It's fucking wild for all you local people listening it's people are talking more about it than they were about the fucking halloween snowstorm of 1991 here or whatever year it was yeah it was 91 yeah fuck everyone and their mother dude if you mention that snowstorm to anyone over the age of 40 they just go on oh a my tangent. god every year on halloween there's somebody like huh yeah you right, remember 91 yeah, right you remember 91 i'm like <laughs> no i don't no i wasn't here <laughs> buddy <laughs> did you see the meme on twitter of uh the chipmunk that was burrowed under the snow? No. So there's like a chipmunk burrowed under the snow running, running through, making like a tunnel. And it was like, <laughs> snow level spo- about to reach six feet in Buffalo. And then it was like a Nick Chubb and whoever's Singletary. playing. Yeah, Singletary. Yeah, they're I, like 5'11 yeah, and 5'9. And yeah. it's just, and it's like, oh, Chubb breaks free and he's scurrying <laughs> under the snow. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I remember that now. But, oh, fuck, it's crazy out there. I love a good snow game, but that. That's too much for anybody. Been, Ugly, ugly. Just imagine the field mate are gonna have to do regardless. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the snow blow an NFL stadium? Like what? What? Like how many points would be scored in a game like that if they had that? Yeah, I think there'd be less balls thrown than the New England Buffalo game. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, you got to run the ball almost the entire time, and bet the under on the point total. The over under would have been like what? Fucking maybe fourteen points. I if 20? I'm Vegas, I'm staying. I just am not releasing odds to that game because whatever it is, yeah. people are gonna no hammer the under, and you're gonna lose yeah. a shit ton of money. Unless yeah. the under's like six. Could you imagine if the under was like ten? They're just like, we don't trust it. <laughs> like, there's just no way. Well, and now, you look at now it's been moved to Detroit. The over-under for this week is like the second highest point total in the NFL. Yeah. It's like 50, 50 and a half is what and I saw. And a controlled climate, and they're probably just pumped to be there. It's fucking crazy. Right. 
But anyway, uh, we should probably move on. Um, yeah, I'm down. We can slide right see. into the next talk- game. I'm yeah, not starting either of the defenses there. So No, I want no part of that. Uh, sorry. Oh, we were talking about this game. Cleveland-Buffalo is at least the yeah, next right. game that I see in Perfect. this Perfect. So we've already kind of, kind of brought it up. The game's been moved, obviously. I think um, Cleveland has a shot here. Yeah, I do. I do, too. They're not playing at Buffalo anymore, which is huge. Yep. Buffalo struggles with teams that can move the ball running because it keeps Allen off the field. And if they can keep the offense off the field, it lets them sustain drives for what? Well, one, they have to by running the ball. But if they do that, they keep time of possession, limits Buffalo's possessions. And if Cleveland can score a couple times here, get this dub and get Deshaun back at four and six, I don't think they're dead yet. No, they're not. Um, kind of want them to be, but yeah, no, they're 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 still very much like in the thick of things. I don't think they could win. I don't. They could. I don't think they will win the division, but they'll definitely make a run. I think at a wild card spot. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough out too. Teams yeah. that can run the ball like that are tough outs. Regardless, they got a of. pretty good defense and they can run the ball. So they're built to beat pretty much anybody. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, yeah. Th- I mean, their their mo is pretty much the blueprint. If you want to beat a team like Buffalo, yep. you, you said it. Um, um, how do we feel about Hunt this week? Because obviously Chubb's a start every week. I think Hunt is uh, slowly falling down my rankings yeah. list. Slants, er, he is very much uh, sliding into my bench spot. Yeah, like I was okay starting him, and you still got by with it a few weeks because he scored some touchdowns. I'm surprised they didn't move him, to be honest. Yeah, because the usage this year has not been... And Dearness Johnson was not bad last year. No, he wasn't. He had a couple pretty good games when both those guys were hurt. So I think um, if you can get a return value like they were saying they could have got for Hunt, it's kind of a no-brainer to move him. I was, I was, I thought at least it, it makes sense <coughs> now when you see like what he's done this year for Which fantasy. Is, mm-hmm. it, it would make sense to move him because they're just. Which like, is funny because if you if I looked at this game at the beginning of the year, I might have been the first to tell you that Hunt might be playing in this game, but just not for Cleveland. He's because he was like a borderline RB two last year. Yeah, just I based thought, on the. I usage. thought I really thought Buffalo would make a run at him. That would have he would have been a really good fit there. Uh, because he's kind of a three-down back. He can do a little bit of everything. But, yeah, I, I thought that he was going to be much more stable this year. He's mm-hmm. just not really getting a ton of work in the passing game, which is where I was hoping he would make up for his lack of, you know, touches because yeah. he's not going to get the ball 20 times a game. I was hoping he'd give you four or five receptions every every week, sure. and he's kind of not done that. Yeah. Cleveland seems relatively healthy. They have Michael Dunn out on their offensive line. That's about it. Greg Newsom's also out in the secondary as as well as the Anthony Bell. But they're not outside of Newsom. There really isn't that much loss in the secondary. And Joku looks to be coming back off his ankle injury this week, which will be huge for him because he was putting together a nice little run before he got hurt. So I'm curious to see how one and Joku fits into the offense this week, and two next week when everything changes and it goes to Deshaun, how much usage he gets because Deshaun really liked Jordan Ankins when he was in Houston. So I'm curious to see how much target share a tight end with that much athletic ability gets in an offense like that. I'm curious to see how much things change for Cleveland. It's what if it's night and day and they just start beating the brakes off people? That'll be scary. I hope not. That would be scary because I mean they're going from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson. And if you get even 75% of what Deshaun Watson was, that's 50% better than Jacoby. Well, and that's just it. It's like, there. I mean, there is a going to be a, a big shift in the way Deshaun operates 
as opposed to what I think Brissett does. I think it's going to be radio silence in Cleveland. They're going to try to take as much of the media scope off of them as they can. Yeah. I don't even know that I'd let Deshaun come out for interviews. They shouldn't. If they're if they're it's, fucking it's smart all that's going to be brought up at least this. That's all season. people are going to ask about, and then. He's going to end up, if you let him talk, he'll end up putting his foot in his mouth. Yeah, he'll say something stupid or phrase it the way he shouldn't phrase it. Because he still doesn't think he did anything wrong. Yeah. I mean, I I still think he's under the assumption that he lied so much about it that he convinced himself he didn't actually do it. Or he thinks that because because no criminal charges were brought, he's like, well, then I didn't do anything wrong. He's living the lie for so long that he essentially tricks himself into believing that that's actually what happened. Yeah, I think that... I mean, I don't know. Innocent until proven guilty. I'm all about that shit, but I think he's a fucking liar. So well, and I, <laughs> I think that there's so well, and there's a lot of people that you see on Twitter too that are, you know, well, they never brought charges against him. It's yeah. like you know, innocent until proven guilty. Never it's brought like, charges against OJ either. Like, Does anyone think he's well, innocent? They brought charges. His was a little well, bit you know different, I mean. but it's but it's yeah. like and it's like, it's like, dude, you get thirty plus people coming out of the woodwork saying this happened. At you what gotta, point are we going to just stop saying that the masses are? It's like, it's, yeah, it's just. I'm like, come on, man. Um, well, I get people do charged. a bunch like, of crazy shit for money, but at that point when that many people are coming out, I don't think anyone's trying to do this to get a settlement. I think that right. they finally felt safe enough to say something, and that's the repercussions of his actions. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate fucking side effect of a situation like this coming up is just the back and forth between... And you know. everyone, like we said, everyone's got a checkered past, but that is one checkered past I cannot get behind. So, Ew. yeah, I want no part of that. I'm amazed that somebody would do what the Browns did to not only sign him, him, but give him a fully guaranteed two hundred and thirty million dollar contract, and then to to structure the salary this year so that when he was suspended, he only lost he's, like he's a losing like eighty six thousand dollars a game or something like versus, that versus versus the stupid, which is I know seems like a shit ton of money, but that's pennies on the dollar comparatively to his starting quarterback salary of his caliber. Yeah, pre this situation, and this, that's this situation should tell you exactly how NFL teams think about PR. Mm-hmm. As long as he didn't get charged with rape, they they. They know it'll eventually this blow, will blow over. over. And People, the saddest part is the big, the fastest way for it to blow over is for him to play well. Yeah, that's the shittiest part. Yeah, and and so they know that all they got to do is weather the storm, let people be mad for as long as they're going to be mad for, and they will move on to the next thing. Even with and people such as Roethlisberger, people stopped. Yeah. I mean, people would still make a joke here and there, but it was never the sustained conversation every single time about what he did off the field. Right. And so it's like, you know this conversation was had behind closed doors in Cleveland. I would bet my house that somebody behind the the scenes said, look, is this worth the trouble that it's going to bring? And they'll, somebody or multiple people said... This will blow someone, over. Someone pounded the table for Deshaun, and that's and that's what I hate. Fucked mm-hmm. is that you know people like well you know he probably sexually harassed thirty maybe many many more people like women right but he's also pretty good and what if that guy it's has like, a daughter fuck. what does that say like my God. or girl what if they have you know what I mean like what, the, whoever made that decision and like the level of delusion you have to have. The self-awareness is at an all-time low. The the, the scope of, of that's horrible. Delusion you have to have to be like, yeah, we got Deshaun Watson. 
Yeah, for the people visibly excuse me celebrated <laughs> that people dressed up as Deshaun as Halloween, that kind of shit yeah, yeah. is disgusting. There's people out there with like four year old daughters who are making jokes about Deshaun Watson, all strictly because he didn't get charged criminally mm-hmm. and found guilty. Um, what kind of example are you setting? People need to be much more mindful of that. It's like, man, I can't wrap my right. head around it. But well, we appreciate you coming to our TED Talk. Yeah, anyway. If um, you didn't know how we feel about Deshaun Watson, I feel we've made it very clear now. We, we typically kind of steer away from that conversation. Yeah. But, I mean, he's just... Has to be addressed at some point, and this is the time of the season we all knew was coming. Yeah. This is the last, and he practiced this week in full. So. Yeah. The inevitable is coming, and we don't have to like it, but we also don't have to fucking support it. So I hope that he just gets it. Just gets it from the fucking fans, whoever he's playing on the road. I hope they pull the longest yard and the offensive line just lets the defensive line just, just blow by on the first him. play and just get drilled. <laughs> yeah. Just like as a little statement. Yeah. Yeah, I hope the fans in Tampa just absolutely – oh, they're not playing in Tampa. Sorry. Uh, Houston is his next – his first road game. If I'm Houston, I'm bringing in Vontez Burfsit for a fucking workout. His first his first game. road game. Oh, yeah. You don't think Houston. the NFL planned that when they switched to the <laughs> suspension? You don't think they fucking planned that? It's going to be the highest viewed game of the week. Oh, <laughs> Dude, the people in Houston are going to go fucking you, you're, crazy. You're going to fucking tell me that they that wasn't 100% deliberate and that's why the suspension changed to 11 games. Oh when have God. you ever seen an 11-game suspension Never, before? Ever. It is solely for the reason yeah. that his first game back is going to be must-watch TV for the people in Houston and the people in Cleveland. Yeah, because he's... It's fucking disgusting. He's got Buffalo, or he's got Tampa in Week 12. Because all that shows me back. now is that the NFL is now also trying to bet yeah. cap on the fucking... They're trying to benefit off of this. Yes. That's that's one hundred percent. They're taking the negative situation and all the PR they got. They're trying to make fucking money off of it. Like, good god! He's got a game against Tampa, but that's at home. I'm surprised they didn't just schedule Houston twice. Just like fucking said, fuck this and make new rules. We're realigning the divisions. Yeah. Um, God, is it in Houston? It's in Houston. Oh, he's fucked. He's He's so fucked. It is going to be. I I would have fought for a twelve game suspension if I was him. Yeah, (laughs) I would. He's he still would have had to come back and play that game though, because that's week thirteen. Houston? Yes. They have a bye next week? Uh, no, they got Tampa next week. Oh, Tampa. So he so plays Tampa. And Tampa's his first game of the year. Oh, okay. But he's playing at home. His first road game is Houston. Oh, okay. I thought his first game was Houston. So it's not as bad of a scope, but it's still so it's bad. it's not as bad. It's still but bad. <laughs> they should flex that game to prime time. I hope not. <laughs> that dude doesn't need anyone else watching him. Oh, man. Oh, shit. That's funny. Um, all right. So... We should go to the next game. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we're, we're, the Commanders at Houston. Yuck. These these noon games are There's a little some rough. Bad ones. A little rough. There's some bad games. Uh, Washington's put together some nice games. I do expect them to win this game pretty handily. I wouldn't expect Brian Robinson to finally have a good game that everyone's been wanting since before the season started. Houston's run defense is fucking horrendous. They're bad. And that's, to put it yeah. lightly, there's no heart. They don't cover get it's insane. Uh, I would expect Washington to honestly win this game pretty handy. They should their defense is good enough too. They they should be able to shut down. Chase Young did Houston. have a setback. I did see that. Yeah, it sounds like he won't play this week. No. So but. I I mean they're still five and five without him. And yeah, Montez Sweat and Darren that, Payne. That defensive front is still legit even without him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Allen. They're going to be fine. They'll be just fine. Uh, yeah, they they should be Jimmy able to Davis. keep Houston. I think to less for sure less than twenty points. I think there's yeah, and also I would hammer, hammer Terry McLaurin this week. Derek Stingley's yeah. out. Yep. 
Yeah, McLaurin, and he's been putting up the last few weeks. He's he's a a very under the radar wide receiver too right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and his last handful of weeks have been scary. Really, Terry's been solid, man. Really pretty good. So he's establishing himself as a leader on that team and a premier wide receiver. And I'm I'd have nothing but love for Terry. So I love to see it. Yeah, I think I think he'll, he's in in line to have a pretty good game, not having to deal with Derek Stingley. Mm-hmm. Outside of Derek Stingley, Houston really doesn't have any injuries. Neville Hewitt's their only guy out and just in the linebacking unit. Um, the commanders are going to miss J.D. McKissick. That's not really a big deal, as Antonio Gibson really hasn't even done much, so at least they have a backup to Robinson if shit hits the fan. Yeah. They should be fine from the running perspective of things. Um, outside of that, Armani Rogers, their tight ends out, but that's not anything to write home about, and neither is Cole Holcomb. He's a starting piece on the linebacking core, but it's not going to make or break their game scheme from no. a defensive perspective. No, so Hold I feel on, rather man. confident about commanders, the commanders for where they're at from an injury perspective and how they've been playing football recently. I expect this to be a pretty surefire thing. There shouldn't be too much question after the first slash second quarter going into halftime that it looks like the commanders are the better team and are going to win the game. Yeah, they're my money would all be on Houston or not not Houston, uh, Washington. Yeah, it is in Houston, but that just doesn't scare me at all. It's just a controlled indoor facility, and I'm sure Washington loves that. Yeah, and <laughs> on the Houston side of things, it's Damian Pearson. And that's it. You're not starting anything else. Damian right Pierce now. till the cows come home, and he's going to be running into a gauntlet. But you can't yeah. not start, and the dude runs hard as hell, and he'll get you any yard after contact he can. There's yep. no lack of effort in Damian Pierce's game. Yeah. Um, other than that, start Washington's defense. You got a yeah. really good chance of getting a nice game, even without Chase Young. I agree. Been... And think about it this way: Yeah, we just said Hammer Pierce because he runs well, and we'll probably have a good game. Even if Pierce goes for one fifty rushing, I don't foresee Washington giving up a shit ton through the air. And mm-hmm. if they get a couple turnovers, that's still a really nice defensive day. Don't be scared about the rushing yards limiting you to a, just a subpar fantasy finish. They can score elsewhere on the defensive side of the ball where they should be just fine. Yeah, the sacks, everything else that goes along with it. Houston I'm very will, comfortable starting them. Yeah, I think Houston's going to struggle a little bit to keep Davis Mills protected uh, against that front. And I, like you said, even if they give up 150 on the ground, I don't really think it's going to be... <clears throat> I don't think it's out of the question to see Houston have less than, you know, less than 300 total yards mm-hmm. on the game. <clears throat> so, Hammer Washington, give me Scary Terry. That's about the only piece I really want to start this week. Maybe sure. Robinson, but other than that, it's about all I got for yeah, that game. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, we can we can we can skip on to the next one. On to Carolina at Baltimore. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about this one. No, kind of looks like it's going to be a battle of the backup quarterbacks. Depending if Lamar plays, he's questionable with an illness, and PJ Walker is out. So. This could be interesting, which is sad because DJ Moore's really had kind of a resurgence with PJ Walker as a quarterback. I wouldn't call it a resurgence, but he's played a lot better than anything Baker Mayfield or Darnold did. Best best case scenario for DJ Moore right now is Sam Darnold starts instead of Baker. Mm-hmm. Now, he at least had some semblance of chemistry with him last year. Yeah, uh, and he's he's Darnold, completely out on Baker. I Darnold, yeah, it. Darnold hasn't played at all this year, uh, but the limited action we've seen with Baker in on that offense and they just have not looked good or in sync or anything. Um, I'm really, really hoping Darnold starts. If Baker starts though, <clears throat> I'm out on everything Carolina related. Everything. I don't want to. It's just anyway. crazy how much he's fallen off. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he has the entire NFL's turned on him, seams. man. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah, night and day difference from when he got drafted to where he's at now. It's yeah, and fucking I, crazy. I, you know, 
he's probably always kind of been this guy. Maybe he got bailed out by just, I don't know. I, I don't know how he could have, because his rookie season was pretty good. So was his second year. wasn't and, bad. And then he's just, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like He just never took the step, and then instead of taking a step forward, he took one back. Yeah, it's like he plateaued. And then the and whole then, thing with OBJ happened, and I think that was the beginning of the end because people started to see his character when yeah. shit hit the fan. Now, that now he I turns think, into not a guy you want in the locker room. Now I think people just don't trust him. Which is crazy, man. But Crazy, crazy, man. I want to say Baltimore should really handle them in this game, but the lack of a passing game in Baltimore kind of mm-hmm. worries me too. Yeah, and their secondary had been horrible, but outside of the anomaly that was the Miami game, they have been better. Yeah, I'd... Like, you know, Lamar being potentially out or being not 100%. And now you got you got Mark Andrews, who's questionable this Gus week. Gus Edwards is also questionable. It's, there's a lot to be concerned about for Baltimore this week specifically. I don't think necessarily in the long term. But uh, this, this, this has the makings of a really ugly game, dude. I would hammer the under on this if I was going to bet. Yeah. The over-under is 41.5, but if, if Lamar doesn't play... Even if he and, does, and and he's, sick, doesn't he's play. not going to react, right? Like, this could be a fucking 14-10 to 10 game, easily. Because both teams want to run Baltimore, the ball. And it's in Baltimore. It's going to be cold. Yeah, both teams want to run the ball anyway. But if you take Lamar out of the equation and no Mark Andrews, you know, Bateman's gone for the season. I think I would be comfortable starting Baltimore's defense, for sure. Oh, 100%, yeah. Especially at home. Yep, I definitely would, too. Especially right. if Baker's in there. Yeah, no shit. He's good for a turnover, at least. On to the next game, eh? Yes, sir. Where are we at? Um, what do you want next? Let's go with... Commanders and Texans are covered. Browns and Bills are covered. Panthers, Ravens are covered. Let's get this horseshit game out of the way. Jets, Patriots. Who would have thought that we would just be dismissing one of these teams right off the bat <laughs> and that it wouldn't be the Jets? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, is there a... There's one player in this game I would start. Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson. You mean for just That's for New it. England or for everyone? Total. Really? I think so. I'm not starting Garrett Wilson because the Patriots' pass defense for, against Wilson. wide receivers have been pretty good. Giselle's going to be there. Will she? No. <laughs> All of a sudden, Giselle's a Patriots fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't trust the Jets to be able to move the ball through the air. New England's pass defense for fantasy has been really good. They're one of the better teams against wide receivers. Corey Davis is out as well. Garrett Wilson, uh, it'd be really hard for me to trust that he's going to have a decent game. And the Jets running game, I have no faith in right now with Michael Carter slash James Robinson. I don't know who's the back to own at at this point. I think it's going to be a dual-headed monster. I don't think we'll ever really get the answer to that, at least this season. It should be James Robinson. but And it's like... I still don't know how much I – neither one of them are anywhere near the talent level of Brees Hall. So, you know, I don't want anything Jets-related right now. The over-under in this game is 38, so it's not like there's a high-expected point total. Maybe I could get behind Jacoby Myers because yeah. he's been a target hog for a new He England. has been a target hog. I don't think he scored under 10 points in, like, the last month either. It's been, yeah, something ridiculous like that. Um so maybe I, I could be talked into Jacoby Myers, but Ramondre Stevenson is the only piece of this game that I really would want in mm-hmm. my lineup. Uh, both defenses I'd be okay starting. Yeah, I agree, especially 100%. the Jets. Yep. Yeah, I'd be good with either one of those. I'd hammer the Jets' defense. This is another game I'd probably hammer the under on. Yeah, this – this I mean, 38's already – it's a low over-under, but I also I, 
don't foresee there being like a, a blow-up potential no. for either side. Sheldon Rankins is the only other notable injury besides Corey Davis for the Jets. Um, Patriots are missing Christian Barmore on the defensive line, and their punter is doubtful. So look for them in short yardage situations on fourth down to probably go for it in Just New England. To and, <laughs> and not bad field position, obviously. Yeah. But I'd expect the game plan to change a little bit for New England with that information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can move along. Let's save, yeah, our, save ourselves a few minutes. We do not need minutes. to continue to talk about that. Philly at Indy. This is another one that seems pretty lopsided. It does, but you know what? I think this is going to be close. I think Indy is going to be able to move the ball on the ground. or They're going to try to anyway. And they're going to try to keep Philly off the field. Well, Philly just got Indomitian Sioux and... Somebody else too. Oh, that's right. Um, on the defensive line. <laughs> yeah, they just signed somebody else too, didn't they? I wouldn't expect them to make a huge impact in this game, but no. Going forward, I don't think you're going to be able to run on Philly. It's going to be tough. Not very well. Oh, Linval Joseph. Yep. They just signed Linval. Who's that? So, I mean, he's a pretty good depth piece. Yeah, he's I'll a block that. eater for mm-hmm. sure. He's a big guy. Especially because Fletcher Cox was banged up a couple weeks ago. I don't know that he's hurt, hurt. But it is nice to have rotational depth pieces that mm-hmm. are veterans like that, especially at this point in the season when you know you're poised to make a playoff run. So yep. I like the moves by Philly here. I think they should be okay. I don't know that the two pieces that they just brought in are going to make much of an impact this week. But going forward, this might be one of the better running performances you see against Philly for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think Indy's going to have to just And Gilmore's going to have to play lights out. Yeah. They're going to have to commit to running the ball a lot. I don't think they'll be able to really move the ball through the air much. I don't love Michael Pittman in this game because most likely he's going to be matched and up. And Goddard's with out, correct? Goddard is out. He's on IR, so minimum four weeks for Goddard. Um, Outside of that, Philly is missing one person, and that's Josh Job, a corner with a hamstring. So Philly's relatively healthy everywhere else, which yeah. is pretty good. A.J. Brown has had his uh, injury designation removed, so he is not listed as questionable. He will be playing. Which is uh, shocking. I didn't see the replay of it, but it... I told you, dude, he'll play through any injury. Yeah, he'll, just, he'll re-aggravate it. He'll go down for probably a possession, and then he'll come back out. I guarantee it. He does it every time when he plays banged up. Yeah. And he'll so, hit the ground hard on an elevated play, and he'll land weird. He'll stay down and lay on the ground. He'll stay on the sideline. He'll be out for one possession, and he'll come back in. And honestly, I'm okay with that because... He's got a high-ass pain tolerance. <clears throat> I'll give him that. Having, having Dallas Goddard be out, I think... Because Goddard was getting like seven, eight targets a game, uh, they don't really have a ton of really reliable options. Those are going somewhere, man. Those three, it's it's Goddard, Goddard Smith, Brown, and, and Brown. Devonta Smith, mm-hmm. and I think I think Smith and Brown are going to see the bulk of those targets moved in their direction. I agree. So I think you won't see another game like AJ had last week. Promise you that. I really don't think so. I think that was his absolute low point. He he usually had one or two in Tennessee where it was like a two for twenty seven or like a three for forty three and that I do kind of th- game, but very very rarely you don't get those yeah. games and you definitely don't get those games twice in a row with him. And I, I I don't think that the coaching staff would even allow that type of a performance again. No. I they they would wouldn't fall. put him out there if they thought that that's what they were probably going to get from him based yeah. on the injury because I, I think that was more so injury related than anything else. I think they said all right let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, use him as a decoy, let him rest up a little bit. But I, they will. I don't think the Philly coaching staff would allow them 
going Sirianni forward to have a four-target game where he's got one reception for four yards. I mean, and look what happens when you only throw at him four times. Yeah. You lose the ball game. Yep. So don't. I wouldn't be scared off by what you saw last week from him. I wouldn't be scared off by the injury. It's a tough-ish matchup this week, so you might not see a blow-up game. But I think he's got long-term in the next four or five weeks with Goddard out, you're going to see um, – I think you're going to see an extra uptick in target volume for him for sure. Streetable options this week. I love me some Mo Alley Cox. Uh, Jelani Woods is out, and the new quarterback system there really favors the tight ends and Paris Campbell right now. So yeah, Paris Campbell is coming alive. Mm-hmm. I would say that those two going forward are going to be valuable in the Colts offense. Obviously, Michael Pittman's going to retain his value no matter what, but I do really like Mo Alley Cox this week. Best thing that could have happened to Pittman is that Matt Ryan came back into the lineup. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, just Matt really Ryan's done. being really good about the whole bench situation, though. Oh, he gets he, it. He spent three hours the other day in the meeting room with Ellinger. Oh, he yeah? He was talking to him, and I forgot who it was, went by and went to his workout, saw them talking, came back from his workout, they are still talking. He went and got treatment, came back, they were still talking, and then he did something else and came back, and they were still talking. Damn. So, Matt Ryan's very all in on at least trying to help, which is a good thing for right. Ellinger's space. But I'm sure Pittman wishes that he was just playing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Paris Campbell, I think, is absolutely uh, yeah. working his way into. I would start Paris Campbell. Startable this week. every week. Pittman is, I think, startable because you feel like you have to. And Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. What are you gonna get? Can't tell you. I Tough have no to say. fucking clue. Yeah. But you have to bank on the upside there, and the upside is uh, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Correct. I think we can move on after that, though. Yeah. Yep. What do you Um, have next? Looks like the Los Angeles Rams at the New Orleans Saints. These are some rough games. Another game that just sounds horrible. (coughs) Yeah, these are some brutal games. And there's there's more that are coming that are Mm -hmm. still not good. Um, What do you even say about this game, man? Uh, Start. Stafford playing? I don't know. Uh, let me look. Start. Says, Allen it says, Robinson says Wolford's questionable with a neck injury. So if Stafford's also not playing, Stafford's gotta play. Yeah, right? I'm assuming he's healthy. Yeah, he's gonna play. He's okay. not. Uh, the Rams starting center Brian Allen's out with a thumb injury, but outside of that, there isn't anything on the offensive side of the football that should scare them. Besides, obviously Cooper Cup. I would start Allen Robinson this week. I think they're going to have to throw at him to get any type of sustained offense. Obviously, you lose so much in Cooper Cup that they really don't know how to move the ball consistently without that option there. So I think you're going to see a hyper-targeted Allen Robinson. Matt Stafford gets the ball to his best players when need be, and he's going to need Allen Robinson to play well. I don't even know who to start here. I mean, I would start Robinson. I'd be okay with it. I'm not touching their running backs. I don't. That's Do they go more run-heavy without Cup? Maybe, but their running game sucked all year. Like, what's what's the point in starting a running back? Henderson, on, yeah, right. On a team on that might be down team. thirty at half. Like, and and yeah, I don't know, man. The Rams are just a mess right now. I want mm-hmm. no part of it. Allen Robinson's the only one I could say comfortably that I'd want to start. Um, from the Saints' perspective, Mark Ingram is out. James Hurst is out. Cam Jordan's out. Marcus Davenport's out. Maybe you do start the running back. With Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan out on the defensive line, there's going to be a lot of holes. Uh, Mar- Marshawn Lattimore is also out. 
Oh, wow. Saints so, are beat the fuck up, yeah, too. Yeah, so I do like Allen Robinson even more so now, knowing Marshawn Lattimore is out. Yeah. And the pass rush won't be able to get to Stafford as fast because the Rams' offensive line is severely banged up. Yep. So I'm comfortable, actually, probably. I, I'm okay with Allen Robinson completely in this situation. Knowing that Lattimore is out, yes, that's actually big. It's um, at New Orleans, so they're still going to be inside, which is a good thing as well. It'll be yeah. a controlled environment. Uh, I have no problem with that. And I guess with Jordan and, and whatnot being out, I guess you know you could you could make the case that Henderson maybe was startable. Yeah, but it doesn't like, sound nearly as bad now. No, it doesn't. But I'm still like, okay, so suppose he gets five extra carries or ten extra carries, he's that's still going to give you like fifteen to eighteen, maybe twenty touches total for the game in a bad offense. It's like eh, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. He's startable. I'll say that. That's about as far as I'll go with it, though. He is startable. Um, <clears throat> on the Saints side of things, obviously, Lee, it's Kamara and Olave. What are your thoughts on Jarvis Landry, though? Last week, it was his first week back. wasn't great. I think he had just a hand, small handful of receptions for, like, it was less than 50 yards. I don't love it. Not with Jalen Ramsey on him. Ramsey said not a great year. But he's still. It'll be Jaylen either Ramsey. him or Olave. He's still Jalen Ramsey, and Ola- I don't think Olave or Landry's good enough to separate from him on, sure. him on a consistent basis. Oh, I'd give the edge to Olave if I had to in that passing offense between the two, but neither of that, neither of those wide receivers excite me this week enough to want to put them in my lineup unless I have to. Sure, that's fair. I just like my initial thought with Jarvis coming back was like, okay, there's no Michael Thomas. They'll need somebody to hit those underneath routes. There's never going to be a fucking Michael Thomas again. In that offense, there shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, you know, maybe maybe Jarvis kind of takes that underneath role and and runs with it for a little while. But you know, last week was not super encouraging. <clears throat> but that was no, his first sir, week back. So, not. um, are you starting either defense? Do you want any piece of either one of these two teams defensively? Because I mean, as beat up as I'm definitely not starting the Saints defense. I was just going to say, as beat up as the Saints are, I'd say probably not. Of course, they're not dealing with Cooper Cup either. If I had, Yeah, if I had to decide, it would be with the Rams, but I don't want to do that. You're at, right. I, I also don't. I don't love the Rams defense. Rams right may be a streamable option if you really have no other option because it's not the worst matchup in the world, but there's too many question marks from that defense right now that if there's even a slightly better option, stay away from it is where I'm at. Fair, fair. Um, anything else you want to add for that game? No, are you ready that's to move about on? all I got, man. Okay, I think we have one more noon game left to cover, and that then we, we are do. moving and on to the afternoon. It is the seven and two New York Football Giants somehow some versus way. the three I, and six Detroit Lions. I do not understand how the Giants are still seven. And I think two. Detroit wins this game. Do you actually? I do. Really? Mm-hmm. I love it. I'd love to see it. Uh, Ragnow is questionable, but he should play, so their offensive line should be intact. Amon and DeAndre Swift will be back. I thought you said right now is questionable. I was like, who is questionable? Yeah, who? I was like, who did you say? Hengel McCringleberry. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Lights out. <laughs> Lights um, out. Giants obviously are still without Daniel Bellinger. Evan Neal is doubtful with a knee injury, which hurts the offensive line from New York. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson will benefit from that severely which could cause a lot of problems in New York's backfield, both for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Uh, Kenny Galladay is questionable. Not that that fucking matters. Uh, <laughs> Wandale Robinson is also questionable. Kenny Galladay is always, always questionable. <coughs> He's questionable, questionable to with, be there. Yeah, right? No shit. 
That guy shows up for his team less than Allen Robinson did for the Bears. So. Which is saying something. <laughs> uh, Dexter Lawrence is also questionable. The Giants are missing some key pieces. Yeah, they or are. have pieces that are key banged up. And for that reason, I think Detroit can come in with an offense that's moved the ball pretty well and a top 10 passer in Jared Goff this year yards-wise, and I think that they might be able to steal this game. I would love to see that. One less team fighting for the number one seed in the NFC. The fact that they're I, – I don't even know what they're fighting. I feel like they're lucky. Uh, yeah. I feel the exact same way about them as I do about Tennessee. This is – the Giants are, I think, for me, a big part of the reason why mentally I have a tough time buying into the Vikings. Because I look at the Vikings at 8-1 and one and I want to say, man, they're actually better than I give them credit for. But then I also – Look at the Giants, and seven I see them and at two. seven and two. I'm Tennessee like, seven and three. If I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if the fucking Giants can be seven and two, then how good are the Vikings really? Because mm-hmm. it's tough to and say. And Tennessee's one f- missed field goal away as time expires from being eight and two and having the Giants be seven and three. Yeah, it's, or six and three. I I don't I I feel like I mentally cannot buy into the Giants, and therefore can also not completely buy, buy into in Minnesota because, because I feel it, like yeah, they're very It's a double similar. standard. If you cheer for one, you have to cheer for the other. If I think the Vikings are legit, I also, I think by my own logic, have to believe that the Giants are legitimate as well. And I don't. I don't think that. So it's like... Well, I you think this. Buffalo is legit. You cheer for them. Fuck yeah, bro. And Minnesota. Hell yeah. But they're not. Buffalo. You beat Buffalo. Well... See now, things see are- now you're just fucking contradicting yourself. You realize how little sense this makes. <laughs> are you getting there? The last week, I think, was a turning point for me. For I, I can't wait for you to to unpack this one <laughs> because it's gonna be fucking make zero sense. I said this before the game last week. Um, if the Vikings, I didn't think Josh Allen would play. Was so it a, was it a Scooby Doo game? You know, take the mask off and finally figure out what team you are. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you can attest to this because we watched the game together. I was firmly, firmly in the camp of Minnesota last Never, week. never scared. Not worried one not time. Not one time was I concerned about that game. Not I knew they'd one, come back. Not one ounce of sweat was shed. No. No outfits were changed. No Vikings jersey was shed. <laughs> no Bill's sweatshirt was put on. <laughs> and then switched back. And then put on again, <laughs> and then switch back one more time. The socks stayed the same. I'll give you that. Um, this dude looked like a legitimate clown with the amount of colors he had on him last week. No, I said I said that if Josh Allen played and the Vikings won, uh, then it, it's like okay, this is they're for real. You know, if you can beat Buffalo in Buffalo with Josh Allen healthy enough to play, that's I, I'm more invested now than I think I could have possibly been with any other outcome. Because if you lose with Josh Allen, it's like, man, you lost, and it's Josh Allen's beat up and whatever. But he looked decent at for most of that game. He didn't play great, but... I don't think he played bad. No, other than a couple interceptions. Those were just bad decisions to throw that ball where they were going. But I don't know. It's like, Both like, in the red zone, too, which hurt. Right, that hurt them really badly. But I don't know, man. It's just... It's it's hard to look at the Giants at seven and two and and say like they're formidable. That, that Minnesota's that, a for real it's, team. It's hard to, it's hard to say that the Giants are still the. Would Giants. you be confident playing if you play the Giants this week? Would you yeah, be worried about it? Absolutely not. Oh I think the Vikings would. I would. Fir, I would. Hundred percent. I would think the Vikings have that game. Okay. Um. But it's it's really hard for me to gauge what I think the Vikings now because up until last week I thought they were kind of paper tigers a little bit, yep. uh, similar to the Giants. 
Then they do that in Buffalo, albeit with some help. But they still they won that game just as much as paper football team. (laughs) Just as much as the the Bills lost that game, the Vikings still made the plays it took to come back from 17 down in the second half. You have to realize how otherworldly lucky that was, too, with that oh, catch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, but it takes a little bit of luck. That's what that's, I mean. Essentially, that's what it is. That's, not everything is going to be based just off skill. You need those things to go your way. Right. So. so it's like now after that game, it's really hard to say the Vikings at 8-1 and one are paper tigers because it's like they just beat the Bills in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I'm still like – I'm still waiting gonna, for the other shoe to drop. With are the they going to beat the Packers in Green Bay? Because I don't think so. We'll see how the Packers season is going up to that point. Might be playing Jordan Love. That would be phenomenal. I would love to see that. I mean, I was in Lambeau on Thursday, and the fans turned on him. Did they? He got booed. I heard. I heard, Bad. I heard they were booing him. Bad. And did you see his reaction to it? They asked him about it after the game. He just said, well, that was... Um... And then he paused for like a long time and said... Interesting. I'll leave it at that. I think he's turning on the fan base now, too. Where I think he is, too, because he goes, after everything I fucking did for you. Exactly. He's like, I've been... I was your god for 15 years, and now you're going to fucking boo me? I've been Aaron Rodgers in this community for and, and, and over the moment, a decade. the moment I don't play football well, everybody turns. And all of a sudden, now the team's not playing well, and everybody's got a problem with it. I'd, I'd have some resentment, too. That's fucking yeah. stupid. And he's a petty guy. He'll remember this shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think at some point... He's, oh, I would remember that shit. Yeah, he's he's turning on the fan base just as much as the fan base is starting to sour on him. It's going to make for a fun few weeks in Green Bay. Uh... I think the wheels could absolutely come off at any point. Someone's going to say something they shouldn't. I hope so. I'm here for it. I got my popcorn ready. And I think Lafleur's sick of babysitting him and trying to micromanage him to not piss him off. Where I yeah. think Aaron's at the point in his career where he's been told what to do his whole career and he's made enough money and he's done whatever he's else. Like, he's you, had success where he's going to do what he wants now. Yeah. And I think Lafleur was, Lafleur was caught between knowing that's not how you run – a football team as a head coach, you can't allow players to be above you in that sense, but also at the same time knowing that if you don't, you lose the only thing that makes your team your team. Right. So I think that it was a huge balancing act for him there for is these a, last two years. And one, everything came to light. Two, they're not playing well. And yeah. three, they're visibly getting frustrated with each other where things are starting to unravel. I think that was always a fine line. Mm-hmm. And, but it but it was working. But they were so winning. It was fine. They were thirteen mm-hmm. and three the last yeah. two years. Each of those last. I'm two not going to question you if it's going to pan out when I'm not babysitting you. But as soon as shit hits the fan and Devonte leaves and winning winning cures that shit. But when you're four and fucking seven or whatever they are, just goes to show you how much winning really me- really yeah. matters more than anything else in football. Yeah. So I th- I think uh, yeah this is uh, this could be the last we mm-hmm. see of. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, which is weird because he just signed an extension. But I just, I think, at some point he's going to say, "Look, this relationship." Trade him to Baltimore for Lamar. Yeah. No chance. You you just don't want it to happen. No chance that Baltimore would. Accept Aaron that. in a first for Lamar. Don't have to sign Lamar to an extension. He can draft a quarterback in this year's class. Well, trade deadline's already passed, so they would have to basically they could, do. It. They could do it at the draft. They would, have to contract. Fr- they would have to franchise tag Lamar after the year mm-hmm. and then send him to And then it would Bay. just be a sign-in trade. Yeah, I don't love that. <laughs> Trevor and I were talking about it on the way home, and I was like, they would, how can we instill fear in Minnesota even though Green Bay's irrelevant? It would never happen, but oh, yeah, that's I what would you fucking tell that. yourself. 
That's what you tell yourself. Yeah. Tom Brady wouldn't leave New England either. Here's what's going to happen. Kenny Pickett. (laughs) (laughs) For Aaron Rodgers. Hear me out. Hear me out. So here's what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers requests a trade. Yep. The Packers acquiesce. They trade him to the Jets for a second-round pick. He plays a season in New York. They start off like 8-0. They lose like 7 Why are you giving games. me Brett Favre's story right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> He's going to be released by the Jets that following year with some like bicep tendon issues. He's going to have surgery to fix it. Here's where shit gets real crazy. He's going to wear number four. He's going to sign with the Vikings in August. And play an NFC Championship game. And goes on a revenge tour in Minnesota. Book it right now. Can you imagine if the exact like mirror image of the Favre scenario played I see out why there? you like Minnesota, because they just steal players from other teams that you, <laughs> after, that after you wanted to root for, but then they came to Minnesota. So after they're already like well past their Would prime. you root for Aaron? See, it was easy to hop on the Favre bandwagon when he was here because at that time he was still a beloved figure in the NFL. <laughs> he might be hated more than Aaron Rodgers now, right now. Now, absolutely. But at the time, he was still Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers is just really unlikable. Unless unless you go 12 and, you know, 4 or 13 and 5 or 13 You and have to have either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson on your roster next year. If I had to have one, Absolutely, it, this is not even a question. It's Aaron Rodgers. Not, no hesitation. You get Seattle Russell Wilson though. That's a little bit more hesitation. <laughs> um, I love it. Man, am I prepared to listen to that dipshit? <laughs> for, for eighteen weeks of a year. Man, am I prepared to listen to that dipshit for 18 <laughs> And then um, maybe playoffs. Oh, well, I guess that's... In, yeah. And OTAs. Boy. I still think I would go Rodgers. I think Rodgers, even right now, if he had more help, is still on the same level of Russ in Seattle. I think Russ in Seattle was helped out by other pieces of that team. Derek Carr or Russ. You're really reaching here. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to pick guys you hate. <laughs> and I don't hate Derek Carr. Yeah, you do. I think... Are we talking at this point in their career? Like, I'm... Uh, yeah, it's, it's mm. Derek... It, Derek Wilson. It's fucking... Uh, it's Derek Carr. For me. Wow. I... Truly despise Russell you know, Wilson. <laughs> I can tell. Do you know how much money cars make? Uh, thirty something, probably. Yeah. yeah, probably more than Kirk. Yeah, Kirk Thanks doesn't John deserve Gordon. to be making money. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Mayock. Yeah, dude. Fucking draft draft guru finally gets a shot to actually draft. And what does he do? Drafts a bunch of shit. Alex Leatherwood, Colton Miller, <laughs> fucking Henry Ruggs. Clay and Farrell. Yeah, that was the that was their first pick too. Yeah, it was like four overall. You know it's bad when you make your very first pick as a GM and everybody that you used to work with on the like the draft networks was Said, like ooh, ooh. Shit was as bad as Darius Hayward Bay. Yikes. Yeah, the Davis family needs to sell. Oh my god, dude. 
They they never would, but I honestly am. They're bad at running. A they franchise. caught lightning in a bottle for a few years with, you know, Al Davis running Rich the team Gannon, and all those, and fuckers. and they were good. And then all of a sudden they decide like, oh, this is our blueprint now. We're just gonna have Al fucking Davis run the show, even though he just doesn't know anything about football. Like well, he kind of did, but he had an obsession. He's like, with wow, there's a lot of good free agents available, and they're like, no, Al, that's the jail roster. And yeah. he's like, oh, come on, man, we'll bring well, him in anyways. So what I see when I watch the game yeah. is a lot of guys run. So if you find guys that are fast, dude's excited. You should about be pretty. Dude's good. favorite movie is The Longest Yard. Yeah. So we're just gonna <laughs> draft everybody that's really fast. Yeah. And then nobody will touch them. They'll hold up. Yeah. It's just the thought process behind that, man. I'm surprised Actually, they didn't go after fucking John Ross. I'm surprised he's not on their roster right now, honestly. Speaking of Russ and Derek Carr, because they're on the topic, that is actually a matchup this week. And it's one of the afternoon games that we've got coming up. Uh, uh, Devontae Adams is questionable with an abdomen injury. Oh, the pride that we just talked about. Colt Miller, shoulder and abdomen as well. Oh, bummer. Denzel Perriman is questionable with ribs, as well as Luke Masterson, who are both in the linebacking core. But everyone in Vegas is questionable. Nobody's ruled out. Uh, the Broncos have Judy and KJ Hamler ruled out, as well as Andrew Beck. Uh, the passing Fuck. options are much more limited, but I'll get into that at the end of the episode as to why I feel the way I do about who they have left. Yeah. Um, My God. Other questionable players are another wide receiver, Kendall Hinton. If you guys remember him, he was the quarterback that took over when they had no quarterbacks where he was oh, a wide right. receiver and ended up playing yeah. and played fucking horrendous. But that is him. He is still Shocking. on the roster somehow. Um, he is questionable as well. Tom Compton, Cameron Fleming, and Graham Glasgow, who are all on the offensive line, are also questionable, as well as Baron Browning, the only good linebacker they have left after the Bradley Chubb trade. Broncos are hurt. I will say that. Yeah. They're not giving Russell everything he needs to succeed, but even when he did have it, he wasn't playing well. They've got so. some unlimited injuries right now. <laughs> Have you seen a Subway commercial? Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. We'll just leave it at that. Hey, Russell, how many weeks do you think Jerry Judy's going to miss with his ankle injury? Unlimited. Probably. I fucking hope not. <clears throat> yeah. I, it didn't look good. No. When he just um, went down like that last week. I'd hammer Cortland Sutton this week. I think yeah. it's an absolute must start. Target I home. would very much temper expectations on Russ. Uh, we were actually probably streaming him this week because of our quarterback injury or quarterback situation right now. We just moved fields and Tua is on bye. So the more and more I talk about this, the more and more I think we need to have a conversation after this <laughs> podcast and switch our quarterback because I don't think that that's going to be a very good situation for him. The Raiders' defense sucks, but not having Judy, not yes. having KJ Hamler. Yes, bad. I do think you're going to see a very much uh, Mike Williams from like – week four when everybody was out including palmer and um allen and it was just him and he had like eight for a hundred and something in the touchdown could very much see that exact same stat line from Cortland sutton this that's week. kind of my expectation for sutton eight eight to ten catches 100 yards hopefully gets into the end zone mm-hmm. that's about what my expectation would be and that's about all i expect their offense to do pretty much you don't so. want i don't want any part of the running backs i don't really want to start russ if i don't have to and other than Cortland Sutton or maybe Greg Dulcich, I don't want anything involved. I just I just want I no part of that. That's about all I got for that game, though. We can probably yeah. move right along. 
Um, yes, sir. Devontae doesn't scare me. That's one last thing that I'll put. Devontae's injury does not scare me. Me either. I expect him to play, especially with how bad they are at wide receiver right now, injury-wise. If he has yep. any inclination that he can play, they're going to let him go. Yep. He's all been right. practicing. It's been limited, but he's been practicing all week. Um, he'll it's probably play. just more of a maintenance thing. <clears throat> yep. Um, the next game we can move into Dallas at Minnesota. This is actually one of the few good games. Take her away, pal. <clears throat> I... I think it's going to be another tight one. Um, is Z going to play? Probably. You're missing Zedarius Smith a lot for sure. Yeah, I he think was he was the play, NFC Defensive Player of the Month when he was last healthy. He was he played he played the Buffalo game, but he was on and off the field a lot. I saw a lot of times where he'd be running off for a few plays here and there. So it's like he's dinged up. I do think he'll play. I haven't heard a whole lot this week about him not playing. Um, which I think bodes well. Because mm-hmm. if he was on the fence there, if the team was on the fence with having him play, you pro- I would have heard more about it throughout this the, the week. I haven't heard a word about Zadarius Smith being out. So he'll be out there. I don't know how limited he will be, though. Um, I'm, a little, I'm more concerned with the Dallas defense than I am their offense right now. Because I, their, their defense is pretty good. Yeah, they are a little banged up, though. Demarcus Lawrence is hurt with a foot. Uh, Quentin Bahama is out with an illness. Not out, but questionable with an illness. Anthony Barr still has his hamstring injury that he's dealing with, as well as Anthony Brown in concussion protocol. I think if anyone for sure plays out of that group, it's Anthony Barr. If he can play this game, he's going to 100% play this uh-huh. game. And the only other piece that really scares me outside of that is Demarcus Lawrence with the foot injury. If he can't go, that's going to not bode well. Uh, Dallas has been doing a lot of letting Micah play off-ball linebacker instead of just letting him pass rush. They're putting him in coverage a lot more to, to help with the injuries sustained to the linebacking unit, where because of that, Micah's not being nearly as successful as Micah can be. I think they need to just put a backup in in that coverage role. Let, sure. let the dice roll however the dice are going to roll in that situation and let Micah do what he's best at because that's when they have the most success as a defense. I think you just take that L in the coverage game because I think for how much better Micah is than that guy at that coverage position in linebacking, I think that that discrepancy isn't as much as taking Micah away from the pass rushing side of yeah. things and letting someone else do it. I think the drop off from that is larger than the increase that happens when Micah ends up covering that role. I think you need to let Micah be Micah and you'll have much more success. Sure. Yeah, I think and the Vikings offense at times has been so stagnant <clears throat> that even with the injuries that Dallas is dealing with, I think you'll see a lot of the same thing from Minnesota this week where they might start off first drive, they'll go down and get points. And then you might not see a fucking thing for two and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of – that's become now, I think, for me, the expectation is like, okay, well, they kind of take their time. They fuck off for a couple quarters. They kind of figure out what they're doing, make some adjustments. And then in the fourth quarter, thing, the top just seems to come off, and they all of a sudden they they move the ball up and down the field. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I wouldn't start either defense. I think this is going to yeah. be a pretty – potent offensive game i think tony pollard can have some success as well zeke being questionable would be concerning in years past but the run game has been just fine without him yeah i offensively dallas is going to get theirs the vikings give up yards but they just they tend to clamp things down when it gets close to the you know the red zone Mm -hmm. um there's i i think cd lamb is going to have 
I think, a fine game. I think Michael Gallup is poised to have a nice game, too. The Vikings are beat up at corner. Patrick Peterson is still there, but he's older. And Cam Downster just got put on IR, so he's going to be out for the next few weeks. you got a rookie in Andrew Booth or a rookie in a Caleb Evans starting opposite Patrick Peterson. Booth got pulled from the game last week, and they put in Duke Shelley. Yes, Duke Shelley. Who? To play? <laughs> because Booth got tagged with a... I think he gave up like a plate of digs, and then he gave up a penalty, like a pass interference on that one of Buffalo's last drives. Um, so they pulled the kid. He'll probably get some more run this week. I know they've been working with him a lot in practice. But he's still a rookie corner. He's missed a ton of the preseason because of an injury. So he didn't get a chance to really work through a lot of those rookie growing pains. Mm. You're going to see a lot of that happening on the field. And I think Michael Gallup has a, a really good chance if he's if he's matched up with either one of those two rookie corners to have a nice game. I think those two corners are going to get picked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, I kind of agree with that statement. Um, I think it'll be closer than people think, but I don't know that. Dallas has I it's just hard for me to pick a side to lean on this game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I do. Honestly, if I had to pick one, I think Dallas is the better team. We'll find out come Sunday. Uh it pains me to say that, but I think their defense is better and they're coming off a bad loss. They need to get it together. So. Yeah. I think they have more stars. I think defensively, which is why I would lean with them. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, say what you want, but he's gotten better this year. Mm-hmm. Gave up a ton of yards last year, but um they got Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence, and some of those guys. Like, they've got some big names on that defense. The Vikings don't have a ton of big names that are in their prime. Sure, they just happen to play well. Micah Parsons. When yeah, they don't have a Micah Parsons. None of that. So, sure. all right, I think we can slide into the second to last game on Sunday. Yeah, uh, that is Cincy at Pittsburgh. I expect Cincy to destroy Pittsburgh. Yeah, Cincy's been getting hot too. Um, uh, Jamar Chase is ruled out still. I would expect next week to be probably his coming out party. This will probably be the last week he misses. I think they ease him into practice because he hasn't started practicing yet, but it's coming soon. Pittsburgh, I would assume, is going to try to get the run game going with Warren and Harris to try to win this game and just keep Burrow and the boys off the field. But I just there's not enough there for me to be excited about Pittsburgh at all. No. Uh, Deontay Johnson's been pretty disappointing, but he's had a, a shit ton of targets over the last month. I think that he's a fine flex option this week. Um, Daxon Hill is out for the Bengals as well in the secondary, so that gives him a little bit more room to breathe. Deontay Johnson is the new Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. Like he's eight, ten targets a game. He'll he'll convert that into like Him or six, Jacoby Myers, yeah, six or seven receptions for like thirty-five yards. Yep. Almost His run after catch is abysmal, and he hasn't scored a single touchdown this year. So I wonder why. It's like well, someone shitty's throwing him the ball. Yeah, well, that's what you get when you have Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Derrick Henry has as many as many career passing touchdowns as Kenny, as Kenny Pickett. Pickett. That's Man, hilarious. That's tough. Um, <laughs> I would consider starting since he's defense this week. Yeah, I think I would too. Pittsburgh's offense is just so bad. Not good right now. So bad. Don't say right now. It's just not bad. It's not good. They'll get better. No. Yeah, when they fucking cut everyone. Kenny will turn it around. Yeah, hopefully the car and go back home. <laughs> I just, I don't, I hate Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I don't hate him, I just don't think he's good. Um, I am A-OK with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd this week. I think Higgins 
if anything, will be the one that has a worse game between the two because I think he's going to draw coverage over the top from Minka. Um, but the Steelers cornerback, Akilah Witherspoon, is out. So I, I like a Tyler Boyd game here. I do. Yeah, and I think um, Hayden Hurst, this is about another week or two before you see his bottom fall out a little bit more with Chase coming back. Yeah. Because he's gotten a pretty solid target floor in the last few weeks. He's getting like six, eight targets a game when that's enough to give you tight end one numbers most to week. Feel, yeah, to feel okay about so, it from a fantasy owner. Yep, I think Hurst is definitely still playable um, as a tight end one. When Chase comes back, it's going to be a little bit more dicey. He's more of a streamer, I think, at that point. But mm-hmm. if you have him, you can you feel all right starting him. I feel the same about him as I do Fryermuth. I think they're both similar to me. Yeah, they'll probably have identical stat lines. They pr- pretty similar, I think. And Fryermuth, the only difference is, and he's a higher in the pecking order, I think, in that offense. But the offense is worse. Worse, yeah, right. So, so, so like, it evens out. So, yeah. So that like, what's the trade off? Um, I want. Really, not Nixon. I love obviously. Yeah, I don't really want any part of the Pittsburgh running backs. I think I haven't since week one. No, I think at this point Najee's like if he's not already on your bench, just just pull the trigger on it and get it done. He played okay last week. I just they're just not good. They need to rebuild that entire offense. Yeah, if they if they fix the offensive line and get a rookie quarterback, they should be okay. Well, they got a rookie quarterback. They need another one. They got a superstar in the. They making. need another one. They need to invest. They need another one. Every draft Wink. pick. <laughs> they need another one. They have into the offensive line. Uh, all right, so I think that's about all I have for yeah. that game. Honestly, I don't know if there's too much more to write home about that I want to waste time on the podcast elaborating yes, on when it comes to irrelevant players who will probably not be on the team next year, <laughs> um, including Kenny Pickett. The Sunday night game is Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. This should have been the game of the week. It Chargers, still might be. Yeah, that, I mean, Mike Williams practiced in full this week. He's expected to play. Keenan doesn't look like he's going to be back this week, but any weapons back for Justin Herbert is huge. I don't think it's going to tamper with any of the touches that Austin Eckler is going to get. I think you're going to be just fine in that he should sustain running back one production going forward. Not having... Williams and Keenan Allen, I think it's in some in in some ways it's helped Eckler just with the target volume he's re- receiving, but he mm-hmm. always gets a ton of targets. Yep. And I think also not having those guys has hurt in plenty of ways too, because now all of a sudden you have no one to take the focus off mm-hmm. of Eckler, no one there. I expect a good game from Kadarius Tony as well. Yeah, I think so too. Juju's Without out Juju. with a concussion, which is huge. It'll be either be him or MVS. I was just gonna say, watch for an MVS sighting this yeah, week. Yeah, one of those two will have a good game. I'm yep. lean, I'm leaning Tony and Nicole Hardman. I think is coming back to play this mm-hmm. week. If, but outside of that, the Chiefs don't have any injuries. Uh, Chris Lamons is a corner who has a concussion, but the Chargers are pretty not banged up either. Keenan Allen's questionable. I'm I'm leaning towards he's probably not gonna play, but there's always a chance. Mike Williams practice in full. I would expect him to play as well as Gerald Everett. So the pass catching options are the only three that are really banged up outside of Dustin Hopkins, the kicker, and he's not going to go. He hasn't been able to go for a while, so that's nothing new. And out of the questionable players on the Chargers list, I think two out of the three play. So I hopefully Justin Herbert comes back to earth and plays well. – to what we've expected him to play at with some weapons. Yeah, it's but been a weeks and weeks. That's and one weeks to monitor. Yeah, 
it's been a long time since we've seen a Justin Herbert game. I think um, you still got to start him, but yeah, you do. But it's 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 hard to buy into. But I would say start Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. He's, oh yeah, <clears throat> he had like I'll 80, get into that. He had like eighty yards last week, and the Chargers' run defense is atrocious. We say it every single week. We pick a running Clyde back. Clyde has lost that backfield, and Clyde is 100%. no longer the guy. He's done in in Kansas City. Um. And Jarek McKinnon's not a between the tackles runner. Pacheco's like two hundred. Can't even stay on the field. He's he's a pass catching back, and that's it. Pacheco's like two hundred thirty pounds, and he runs like a four four. He's he can he's a straight line runner, but mm-hmm. that's what they'll need against the Chargers defense. So I think Pacheco's going to blow up this week. I think he's have a really really big game. Sure. So, um, obviously don't start any defense in this game. Just in a Hell no! Yeah, the over under total. That's a death wish if you start. For yeah, the defense in either of abs- absolutely not. Just, um. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else no, I, I need to I add in this game. It's concrete when it comes to that. It should be a shootout. Expect it to be. You hope it is. Yep. These offenses are both good and fantasy relevant. Let's hope for a game of the year, like 35-42 to 42 or something like that, 35-38. That's what I want. It's going to be hard to top last week's game of the year. Right. All right, last one. Mexico City. Last time they had a Mexico City game, it was a train wreck, was it not? Yep. Did somebody didn't they have like a bunch of injuries? Yeah, they did. That's what I thought. The field I'm was pretty horrible. sure it was the Giants and somebody. Yeah, something like that. Uh, San forget. Francisco versus Arizona, who is now out. Zach Ertz. Rip. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think. I think the Niners are going to roll Arizona. I in this think game. McCaffrey's getting more comfortable as each week goes on, and that it's going to become more and more scary as they use him in gadget plays yeah. with Debo. This team's going to be harder to defend going forward. Yep, and Arizona's beat up right now. And Brandon Ayuk's a physical freak as well. Like they're just athletic everywhere on that offensive, yeah. at the skill position perspective. So, I think it bodes well. Arizona's been horrible at closing out games lately. Kyler's still banged up. Yeah, he didn't play last week. Yeah, he's still questionable. Listed if they, as questionable if they right get now. Colt McCoy, especially they're running into a gauntlet and I hammer San Fran. I think even if Kyler plays, I'm comfortable starting San Fran's defense this week. Yeah, they're they're so good against running backs, and if Kyler doesn't play and you got Colt McCoy, I don't have confidence that the Cardinals will be able to beat him through the air either, because they definitely aren't doing it with just James Conner. Yeah, and if Kyler's not out there able to make things happen with the way he can. D-Hop's not getting opportunities. Rondell Moore is not getting opportunities. Yep. So I I think the Niners are a pretty heavy favorite in my eyes for this game, even if Kyler plays. Um, I just – I think Arizona's kind of teetering on the edge of a train wreck right now. Yeah. With Cliff and and Kyler and just that whole dynamic. and uh, It feels like that thing's run its course at this point, and – this feels like it could be the type of game that things just come apart, completely unglued. I, I think the Niners win it handily. Um, Brandon Ayuk is going to be, I think, an every week starter going forward. Debo, I feel less confident in, which is weird to say. To mm-hmm. me, they've almost flipped because McCaffrey's taken away some of the value that Debo had as a running back. And I don't think Debo is a pure, I don't think he's a great pure wide receiver either. He's not a pure running back. He's not a pure receiver. He's somewhere in the middle, and they're using Ayuk more as like that primary receiving target now. They, at least they have been when Debo's been hurt. Um, I think he's a really good fit for what they do. I really like Ayuk going forward. I loved him before the season started, 
and he, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, but I do, I do like him going forward. I do too. Well, I mean, I just think so. they're too talented at too many positions to be able to yep. cover everyone at once. Yep. And, you know, Kittle's still there. And, you, you know, you mentioned you got Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey. Right. When, when Kittle's an afterthought or an afterforementation where it's, yeah. he's the fourth option right now, yep. you're in a pretty good spot. Yep. Um, I want Connor maybe because of the matchup. It's going to be a brutal, brutally tough matchup for James Connor this week, but I think you still got to start him. Uh, they cut Eno Benjamin, which was a surprise. Yeah. So I don't even know who the backup is at this point. Daryl Williams, if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, I think Eno was cuttable though. Yeah. James, James Connor Connor is the RB one hands down now going forward because Eno performed somewhat well when Connor was hurt with the the rib injuries. Um, but the fact that they were able or willing to move on from Eno after Connor came back tells me that they're comfortable riding with Connor. Completely. Which is a good sign. Yep. Um, D-Hop is a must-start. Yep. Other than that, Rondell Moore, flex play right if now. If Kyler plays. If Kyler plays. If he doesn't, eh, I don't know. I'm I, out if he doesn't play. Yeah, it's it's just really hard to buy into Colt McCoy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man. I think we can roll right into our Shine Pines and Borderlines, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've got two Shines to start this week. I've got only one. Okay. Um, my first is Dak Prescott. I think... You know, the Vegas over-under on this game is one of the higher point yep. totals of the week. It's 48-and-a-half. Uh, the Vikings, against quarterbacks this year, have not been spectacular. Um, they are, in fact, their eighth worst in the NFL for giving up fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Uh, just a shade under 19-and-a-half points per game. Yep. Um, I think there's room for Dak to have a pretty nice day. I mentioned earlier the cornerback situation for Minnesota is not great. Um, Zadarius Smith is beat up, so if he can't add into that pass rush, uh, you've got a a sub sub or a, a not not a healthy pass rush if they can't get to the quarterback, and you're also dealing with rookie corners and things like that on the back end. That's just a recipe for success in the passing game for Dallas. So I think Dak is in line to have a really nice game. Just just with the circumstances that he's going to be facing this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. I wouldn't have expected it, but I like it. I didn't expect it either when I was looking for names. Uh, my shine is Cortland Sutton versus Las Vegas. Like we covered while we were talking about this, the Las yep. Vegas pass defense is fucking atrocious. Um, he's the only option right now with Judy Hamler, Hinton, and one of the tight ends out. Outside of fucking Dolchich. There really isn't much to throw at. Dolchich isn't getting a healthy tar- or a healthy dose of 10-plus targets a game where I think right. Cortland Sutton will. I'd expect to see somewhere between six and eight catches for 100 and a touchdown from him this week. I think it just makes too much sense with him being the only option against a really bad pass D that Russ will just hyper-target him. I totally, totally agree with that. I think Sutton's a borderline wide receiver one now as long as Judy's out. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's your sure. other shine? Uh, Patterson, Cordero. Against the Bears. Um, Yeah, we talked about this as well earlier, but they're a run-heavy offense. The Bears' defense is not very good against running backs right now, and it also happens to be Cordero's a former team of his too. So, you know, little Revenge game, baby. A little bit of a revenge factor. I don't think he wants to go out there and just stick it to him. Not like it's Minnesota. Yeah, the team that drafted him. But I do think he's in line for a healthy uh, dose of carries. Sure. And... 
we know that he can produce. We've seen him do it. Um, I think it's going to be an ugly game, but that bodes really well for what Atlanta likes mm-hmm. to do. So yeah. I I think it's it's a combination of the really great matchup and I think a higher volume of touches this week for him. At least that's what I'm banking on. And I think he's going to have plenty of room to produce. I think he gets, at least gets into the end zone once and probably has 100 total yards. Now yes. for the guys we root for to play like shit to make us look smart. Correct. Uh, my <laughs> pine of the week is TJ Hawkinson versus Dallas. Uh, he's wow. had an incredible amount of targets over these first two weeks in Minnesota. Really I think he's averaging eight a week, um, which is great for a tight end. Like we said, that'll get you top ten numbers even if they only catch four of them. So that is a huge margin of reception targets for a tight end to have. But he is playing Dallas, who is the best defense in the league against tight ends right now. Um, I can pull up the actual numbers to see how many fantasy points they've allowed. I believe it's 38.5 total fantasy points all season to tight ends. So through 10 weeks, that's about 3.8 a clip. Uh, that doesn't bode well for anybody. And obviously he's newer in the tight end, or he's newer in that room as the tight end one for Minnesota. I think he's going to get targeted, but I don't think he's going to have a lot of success. Um, also, the game is not at noon, and Kirk struggles. At least it's a three o'clock game, not prime time. If he doesn't see the sun at the fucking peak of the sky, dude, he's not he's not <laughs> doing anything. That shit needs to be at the pinnacle. I want Kirk to come out and just start throwing fucking darts all game. I hope someone clowns him and puts a bunch of chains on after the game. It'll be him. Oh, teams are gonna start roasting the shit out of them when they beat him now. Oh, I know. It's the same thing with the skull chant. You, you see it every single away game when they if the Vikings are losing. You could hear it. Just, ooh, it's like, <laughs> suck a fucking dick. I love that. And then we end up coming back coming back and beating him anyway, except for Philly. That. But uh, uh, my pine this week is Deonta Foreman against Baltimore. I think that offense is just going to struggle. Yeah. In general. Especially with PJ out. Yep. And Baltimore added Roquan Smith in the middle. Um, you know, they've struggled against the pass, mostly due to that game against Miami. But the defense there is not terrible. Yeah. And I think with whatever the quarterback situation is in Carolina, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I want no part of. A, I don't. I don't want a running back. That's running back that's involved in an offense that has is looking now to start probably potentially three different quarterbacks in three weeks throughout the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I don't know. It sounds like Baker's probably going to start. Ish. But whether it's him or Darnold, you don't have a ton of faith in him. Um, I think he'll get plenty of touches. I think he's a at absolute best a flex play this week, but I'm I just have a really tough time trusting him. Just don't have the heart to do it. Yep. I think it feels like an absolute gamble anytime I put him into a lineup. Yeah. yeah I'm kinda with yeah. Um so my borderline pick this week is Isaiah Pacheco versus the Chargers. Uh like we have hammered since the start of this season where there's been enough information to make the conclusion the Chargers run defense is bad. They've had a lot of struggles. They got rid of Jerry Tillery because he couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed, <laughs> and he was a former first-round pick. So all that shows me is that they clearly know that they have a problem here, and it's not getting any better to the point where they're just going to alleviate the guy who has done nothing to stop it. Um, Pacheco has started to take over the role. Clyde's definitely given it away. He had 80 yards last week, and I think that's only going to continue to go. I don't think the Chiefs will ever have a solidified running game. They're a pass-first team, and they always will be as long as they have Kelsey and Mahomes. But I think that Pacheco will probably have a very similar stat line to what he had last week and maybe a score. And that score 
is enough to get me to a point where you want him in your lineups. So if I'm a betting man, I'm leaning towards Pacheco's going to have a good week, not a bad week, but for that reason, he's on my borderline. Yeah. <clears throat> I I think he's going to blow up this week. I think the Chargers are just – they give up too many yards. Um, my borderline, I have – who was it? Oh, Damian Pierce. That's what it was. Sure. Uh, playing, I believe, at home against Houston. Against yeah, playing at Houston. Uh, or against Washington, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Houston's at home against Washington. Washington's defense has been better the last five or six weeks than almost anyone in the league. And against running backs for the season, they're giving up, it's like 18.4 points per game. That's like eighth best in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Damian Pierce is basically the entire offense for Houston. And he's facing a commander's front that's really pretty stout against running backs. You might see him get 20, similar to Foreman, uh, like I just said with Foreman. You're going to probably see a healthy dose of touches. I don't know what he's going to be able to do with them. Obviously, he's a better runner than Foreman. Um, he runs really hard, and he's got some some juice to him when, he's, when he gets the ball out in space. So I do think you could see him break a couple nice runs, but I do think that if team, teams know, look, if you can stop Dame... Uh, Damian Pierce from from hurting you on the ground, they can't. Houston's not going to beat you. No, they're just not. So it's he's going to be the focal point of the offense, but he's also going to be the focal point of the defense. And so it's like you know what good are twenty carries, twenty five carries in a game if you get sixty yards mm-hmm. and two or three receptions out of the backfield. Derrick Henry. So, um. So that's that's why he's my borderline. It's like, yeah, I, I do think he's he's got room to have a decent game, but I also think there's he's probably on some level he's going to be shut down. Carolina Panthers are seriously considering interim head co- coach Steve Wilkes for full-time coaching gig. <laughs> Come and, on. And the rich get richer. Come on. I mean, if you continue to shoot yourself in the foot, you can't be upset when your team doesn't ever – ever take a step forward you know I, I know there's lots of really good coaching candidates out there but you know what we're jeff good with saturday this guy. we're good with jeff wilkes uh, he's yeah. been a head coach before uh, steve wilkes yeah in arizona right? yeah it was in arizona mm-hmm. and he was fired mm. for cliff kingsbury i think well, where's adam gase at that guy he deserves a chance He's probably pumped. No one's fucking talking about him anymore. He, yeah, he probably him and Ben McAdoo. Those they, could have been the two worst coaches I've ever seen. They love being out of the limelight right now. I bet. Yeah, I would never risk going back in. No, <laughs> I'd just cut ties and be done. You know what the the fucking uh, Panthers should have done, and they didn't, and they they really screwed the pooch on this. They had an offensive coordinator there last year or the year before, by the name of Joe Brady, who was instrumental with the LSU offense over the last couple of years with like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and some of those names. I think he was a quarterback's coach or mm-hmm. something there. Yeah. Um, and then moved to offensive coordinator and they brought him in. He would have been a really he's he would have been a hot name for a head coach. I believe spot. he was the OC. I think he was, yeah. He would have been a hot name for an offensive or for a head coaching spot at some point. But they fucking fired him. And then I don't even know where he ended up. He's not there now. But uh, they could have had that guy just waiting in the wings for whenever Matt Rule fell apart. Of course, they didn't. Uh, Which was an David Tepper's an idiot. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to be the how, next. Uh, how are so many people with a billion dollars so stupid? Well, they're probably arrogant enough to they think need that to they stay in their this. own lane. Yeah, yeah, they think they can run this like they do any other business, but it's like you don't have not. this many people that care about if your business does well or yeah, not. Yeah, this That's, is this is not the same type of talent evaluation mm-mm, and mm-mm. things like yeah. you get critiqued every goddamn day by HR, and HR is your fan base. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that sounds like we're pretty much done with this episode. Yes, that, that's essentially week 11 for you all. Um, In a nutshell, yes. We will be back Monday after the games to break down everything, hopefully no injuries, and talk about Tennessee most likely getting the one seed when Buffalo loses. So <laughs> I will see you later. Bye.